Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist. Welcome in and welcome home, family. I'm Rade. And I'm Dimitri, and this is Respectfully, a Melanated Therapist podcast. Just a quick disclaimer, this is not therapy. We are just two people who are doing a podcast who happen to be therapists. The information in our podcast is for psychoeducation and entertainment purposes only. If you are in need of therapeutic resources, please feel free to contact us and we'll point you in the right direction. Now, before we kick off the show, let's talk a little bit about how you all can support us. If you would like to show us support, please share our podcast on social media, tag at RespectfullyMT, rate the show, and write reviews just to let us know you're listening and enjoying the show. Well, thank you for that. How are you, friend? How are your clients doing as we, you know, as we have, like, transitioned to this chilly weather? Um, I'm doing well. Um... Better than I was doing, let's say, two or three weeks ago. Um, Very Mm -hmm. overwhelmed and stressed and a lot of different things on my plate that it was, you you know, you ever seen a person who, um, I think they call them plate spinners, where they had a little pose and they should be spinning the plates and Mm -hmm. they got four, five or six. That was me uh, (laughs) for the past three weeks. And um, I finally been able to end the show. Um, and putting the plates down, uh, most of them, I still got a couple, but, um, but they're, (laughs) but they're manageable. Um, so I'm feeling better. Um, I'm feeling a little accomplished. I'm feeling optimistic, um, and confident about what lies ahead. Um, so -hmm. that's great. Um, because I've been so stressed and overwhelmed recently that I couldn't see the forest for the trees. You know what I'm saying? So, um, now my clients, um, for the most part, my clients are doing well. Um, you know, I have a few clients where um, transitioning to the holiday season is going to be difficult for them because mm-hmm. of the lack of um, engagement or relationships with their family and loved ones. So in some cases, you know, I have some that spend, you know, they have friends that they can spend the holidays with. And then I have some that don't have really anyone um, that they can spend the holidays with. And Ultimately, um, they already struggle with isolation, but now it's forced isolation because now yeah. they're going to go even further into that shell. But for the most part, that's, you know, that's what we're working for, you know, working on. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's my job to know that about my clients. So we getting ready. Like, you know, how you strap up and you uh, putting on your vest and, you know, get your, well, nah, I'm not going to say that because, um, um <laughs> I don't know who listening, but you, you you getting ready. You getting ready yeah, for you're battle. Yeah, getting ready. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we're doing. We're getting ready for battle, creating some. Um, I'm, I'm going to call them safety plans. Most of the time, people say, uh, you know, they refer to safety plans as you know in crisis situations. But um, I believe that you know this could turn into a crisis situation depending on how deep um, those feelings of isolation may be. But just mm-hmm. establishing a plan to make it through. I also have some um, clients who um, are on. Um, the tail end of anniversaries of lo- losing people close to them. And these will be the first holiday seasons without them. So just establishing plans of how to make it through the day, but also honoring um, those who are not with us and as well as honoring their own emotional experience, but making sure that they're also uplifting themselves. Um, mm. What about you? Love it. Um, I am doing well. I am choosing peace. <laughs> choosing peace. Um, but really, you put in plates down. I think you tried to pass me a plate today. 
but I've been picking up other plates. <laughs> I don't listen, want them. I'm just saying. I don't listen. want these plates. You don't. I don't want that plate. Um, but yeah. Um, here's the thing, though, is that I understand the season that I'm I'm in right now, and things are about to start picking up for me. Um, in the next coming months. And so um, I have been yelling to y'all that I'm working on this dissertation. <laughs> I'm almost I'm almost to the finish line. And I'm really just trying to push through because, baby, I am exhausted. You got this, friend. I can't wait. I'm, look, I'm ready to um, uh, come to the graduation so I can act a fool when they say your name. Child. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, I'm going to have a sign and everything. Oh wow, you're that's mm-hmm. a lot. That's a lot. You oh, know, I don't. I, I mean, getting a PhD is a lot. Okay, you're okay. I don't have time for this today. This is not what was on the agenda. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you gonna let us celebrate you? How we want to say you can't, you can't tell us how to celebrate you. Oh my god! Wow. Well, okay, I mean, go you ahead. guys I'm are gonna sorry. do what you want anyway. Correct. And. <laughs> <laughs> I really just want to like sleep for a few months after I'm done with this child. You can but, sleep after I mean, the party. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I think that's been the biggest thing. I can't remember what show this is from, but the worst. <laughs> I think this is from like throwback um, basketball wives where one of them said that they were exhausted. <laughs> said <"Sessia>, exhausted. <laughs> Baby, I'm exhausted. <laughs> okay. Listen, e- e- look, either that or uh, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, no shade. One of the two. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so I think that's just, uh, that's really where I am right now. Um, got some new clients, uh, I guess, which I'll talk about in a bit when we talk about the season, but really mm-hmm. just um, trying to balance everything out. And I think the hardest thing for me right now, or the most challenging thing for me right now with my dissertation is like sitting for hours on end at a time and being able to bring all of this information together because it feels like there's so much information. Even though I'm pretty organized in what I'm doing, it just, it can be be very overwhelming. Um, Imposter syndrome starts to show up like crazy uh, because you kind of looking at your work, you got to look at your work as if. Sometimes as if it's not yours so that you can see it objectively. But anyway, so that's that's that with how I'm doing right now. Um, but still choosing peace. <sighs> Dory. That's my dog, y'all. Who y'all hear in the back? All right. So how are my clients doing? Um, as we're transitioning to this chilly weather. Um, my clients are in Colorado, so uh they're definitely receiving a hit of of cool weather and um they're they're doing well right now they're adjusting well they're they're not being shocked by the season so that's been good um and it's not too too cold so that that helps um overall you know my clients right now are really in a space of taking care of themselves and and trying to prepare for this cool season um, we tend to take a break during this time. And so that's what this time of year is usually known for with my practice. Um, 
I have a, a new client, a few new clients, and we're also getting them prepared for that therapy break and being able to support themselves as we are, are about to take a break. So they're doing pretty well. They're they're where we expect them to be, or I expect them to be right now, and and where they expect to be right now. And so I would say that's a good thing. Absolutely. Okay, so let's get started. Today we are talking about discussing conflict first at the start of a relationship. So I know that this may sound a little outlandish um, when we're talking about dating um, and that this is only an idea for the start of a blooming relationship, okay? Like this is not really the idea for starting, you know, if you just deciding on a little fling, right? Like there's no need to really discuss this if it's not serious. So tell me, friend, what do you think about that? Having conflict be one of the first conversations conversations or one of the first things that you discuss when dating Hmm. so so i feel like just on general principle that there's a lot of um don't do's that have been thrown out there over the years when it comes to relationships etc that i feel um have not evolved with the times So I feel that in the day and age that we live in and, you know, a lot of people are goal oriented, they're thinking about their long term goals and, you know, they're on these on the journey to, you know, achieving those goals or accomplishing those goals or objectives that they have for their life that, you know, I'm a firm believer in I don't want I don't want to waste any time that doesn't need to be wasted. I am all about efficiency in all areas of my life. So I feel like, of course, on the first date, I'm not going to say, okay, how many kids you want? Do you want to get married? You know, on the first, on the first date. But when we get to the place where we start talking about exclusivity, then these conversations need to come up. Like we need to talk about, okay, you know, do you want to be married? What do you think about marriage? Do you want kids? you know, things of that nature. And then also, you know, asking, you know, how do you handle conflict? That is a very important question so that you can understand each other. So when a conflict arises, because it will inevitably, you'll know how each other reacts. And then you can then come up with your, um, I'm going to quote formula of how you guys will communicate those conflicts with each other, how y'all will go through conflict resolution and what that looks like for your relationship. Because conflict resolution, yes, there is a standard, you know, uh, guideline or interventions for how to resolve conflict, but all of those interventions and pieces or strategies that go along with conflict resolution does not apply to every couple. It's not a one size fit all situation in, um, in my opinion and, and from in my experience and what I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's very, it is important to have that conversation and those other important things before, as soon as you start talking about exclusivity. So if y'all going on 10 dates and y'all three or four months in, and now y'all talking about being exclusive, that's when you need to start having some of these serious conversations so that you know the general idea or the general plan or route or path that your relationship is headed. Um, so that way you don't find yourself in a situation for three years, realizing that this person is not going to commit or want to be married or want to have kids. Now you're madly in love with this person that you've been with for two years. So now you have to determine, okay, am I okay not getting the things that I want because they don't want Mm -hmm. them? Or am I going to walk away from someone I'm madly in love with? Because in the end, I'm not going to, 
I'm not going to be able to achieve that that goal of having a family or you know having a uh, being married to my partner, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and you know also understanding um, your communication styles. You know, mm-hmm. like when you're angry, if something happens when you're angry, do are you able to discuss it in the moment or do you need time? Or, you know, if I have a concern um, or something that I want to talk about that's bothering me in the relationship, what is your preferred method of how I approach you with it or how I uh, approach the situation, I'm sorry, the conversation with you? Those are very Mm -hmm. important questions so that you can make sure that when you are faced with a conflict or issue in your relationship, that you're walking into it and handling it in the most effective way um, possible. Um, And the only, the last thing I'm going to say about conflict is do not resolve conflicts when you are in the height of your emotions, especially anger, because that's where real damage is done. So if you're not, you know, grounded, um, level-headed, do not have that conversation. Do not try to resolve that conflict. What about you, friend? I agree. I 100% agree. I think like, you know, that is definitely one of the history of, of don't do to keep things light, right? And I think in the world that we're in, just from what I hear about what's happening in the dating world right now, mm-hmm. um, things are being kept a little bit too light. Um, right. And then all of a sudden becoming serious right. uh, without without these questions um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or never becoming serious by avoiding these questions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are feeling like they're just getting their time wasted is what I'm hearing, mm-hmm. um, which really sucks. But I, I do, you know, feel like conflicts is a very important thing to discuss at the beginning of dating because um, especially just, and when we're talking about this, I'm definitely talking about adult relationships, you know, um, or, right. you know, very serious or evolve uh, relationships that are intending to evolve because they put you or, you know, you just want to see where it goes because they put you in a position of having to be accountable for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, they put you in a position of being less likely to be triggered by the other person's approach to conflict. If you already know what you're going to get. Because when you're coming into a relationship, very like fresh and raw, right? This isn't, I don't think that this has to be a super in-depth conversation, but Ultimately, when you're coming to a very new uh, relationship, I think that when you don't know someone, they can res- when you don't know their response style to things, just as Dimitrik was saying, it can just open so many doors and open so many wounds because you in- when you're entering a new relationship, you're entering it in a very trusting way, mm-hmm. right? You're it's very fresh. We're having you know the rose colored glasses and all the fantastical things are happening at the beginning. Um, you know the the what is it called the, the all the gumdrops and rainbows at the, at the beginning right like mm-hmm, <laughs> just mm-hmm. having all of that and so when you end up having that that initial conflict and you didn't understand how that person's uh and they didn't understand how they approach conflict then it can definitely trigger a lot of things right it can open a mm-hmm. lot of things it can create you know, you know, I'll get to that later. But what I'm getting at is, is that I agree with this. I, I do think that conflict does need to be addressed at the beginning for those reasons. It can get, it can get pretty, um, I mean, it can get too eventful in a negative way. 
Um, tumultuous was the word that popped yeah. in my head. Yes, yes. Tumultuous, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. Um, mm-hmm. So have any of your clients ever made a decision to ha- um, to talk about conflict um, when they're uh, dating? Um, I guess in the initial part of dating. Um, mm-hmm. If so, how did you assist or help them prepare for this? Um, I, I've had... I've had clients in the past. I don't think any like current clients or anything are, are in that kind of state. Um, clients in the past. Um, but a lot of them were actually clients that were in um, community corrections when I worked in community corrections or halfway mm-hmm. house for people that don't know what that is. Um, and a lot of these, uh, a lot of the individuals that I worked with, they were re-entering the world after, you know, having been to prison or not having gone to prison, but um, having gone to jail and serving their time in community corrections and trying to work their way back into the community and reintegrate with people. And a lot of the time they were trying to figure out what's the best way that they can start to build relationships in a way that they never have before. Um, because they recognize the destructive patterns that would often come up for them in previous relationships. Um, and so the way that I would assist them in, um, in doing this or helping them prepare for this, uh, because some of them would, you know, were not trying to get in relationships while they're in current, um, when they were in community corrections, but some of them did. Um, and oftentimes the way that we prepared for this was, um, in therapy world, we call it role playing, right? Where we'll sit across from the client and we're like, all right, so, you know, what would you say? And what, and we would give them some ideas of what mm-hmm. the, how the person could respond um, based on what they thought. Um, oftentimes I would have them do empty chair um, I love me exercises. Huh? You love a good role play? <laughs> yeah, I love me a good role play. Okay, this is what we going to do. That's how I started. Yeah. I'm like, this is what we going to do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> my because... clients know when I say that it's a role play coming. They be like, oh, oh Lord. Oh, Lord, Demetri. Okay. <laughs> you know, my community corrections clients used to have a thing where if I leaned in, they were like, oh, she's about to go there. Okay, hold up. She's leaning in. <laughs> so I used to like, it, we all have our thing, you know? But right. even still... um the biggest way was, you know, some role play, right? Like, let's see how this could go. You know, if you want to ask this person out or if you want to have this kind of conversation, how would you, how would you want to start this? Right. Um, and sometimes you just kind of have to, sometimes hearing yourself say it connects the body and the mind to make it, you realize like, Hey, this can be real and that this could go over pretty well. Right. It mm-hmm. lessens the anxiety, creates mm-hmm. some grounding. Um, but also we'll play out or we'll talk through the the ways that it could go left, <laughs> you yeah, know, correct. and what they could do. And this was mm-hmm. especially important for them. Um, this was the the more important piece, I think, for them a lot of the time because it a lot of the issue while in community correction was dysregulation, right? Impulsive mm-hmm. behavior, um, emotions that they feel like were fleeting and cycling really fast a lot of the time. And so a lot of my assistance and preparation um, with them was around whether, whether or not this goes well or it doesn't, how can you continue to regulate yourself, you know, through this conversation and at the end of it? Um, because this is not a one-time conversation either, right? How many times do you end up having this conversations because conflict approaches will change? Um, just based on situations. So 
And another way I, I prepare them for this or, or assist them in this is really doing the deep work and helping them to understand what is their conflict approach style um, to really make sure that they can show up for themselves and be confident in themselves and trust in themselves when they, when they go and have a conversation like this, because mm-hmm. in teaching them their warning signs for if they are mm-hmm. going off the rails of a conflict approach or a conflict style that they don't want to have anymore. Mm-hmm. Or that no longer serves them. Um, so that if they need to have take a moment and keep themselves safe and that person safe that they could. Nice. Um, yeah. So what about you? Hashtag retweet. Um <laughs> yeah, so to answer the first part of the question, so I have not had any clients um that c- came to me um and had to make this decision. Typically my clients are already in it. And then now we're talking mm-hmm. about how to effectively resolve conflict, how to have difficult conversations or crucial conversations with their partners. Um, but, you know, as far as, um, let's say I had one walk in the door tomorrow um, and how I would assist them or help them prepare for having such a conversation about conflict in the begin- beginning of their, um, you know, relationship. I would pretty much go about it the uh pretty much the exact same way that you would. Um, I think those are great tips and and um tools and interventions. Um, the only thing I do want to highlight um something that you said is doing a self-inventory, understanding yourself first. How do you handle conflict? How do you, what is your communication style? What's your attachment style? What do you do when you're angry or when you're hurt? How do you express that? Understanding yourself truly not only puts you in a position to be able to to effectively have that same type of conversation with your partner, but it also allows you to see where you may need to make some modifications before you even step to that person to have that conversation because Mm -hmm. we're all works in process and progress. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Couldn't get that out. But, you know, understanding yourself first is key and understanding, you know, your shortcomings first so that you're walking in in a place of with the mindset of empathy and understanding and and grace and flexibility because some people may not be on that same path of self-awareness and self-understanding that you are in. But it doesn't mean that they can't step up to the plate and handle conflict well or that the relationship um, or it's not an indicator that the relationship may not go well because they have not reached that that place of full self-understanding um, and self-awareness. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the obstacles that you think people can encounter when addressing conflict styles at the start of dating? <laughs> So, um, it it sounds repetitive, but as you all listen to this episode, you'll truly understand the theme of it. So you'll hear a lot of things (laughs) said more than one time. So it's Mm kind of branches off of what, um, I just, uh, spoke about. So some of the obstacles is not understanding each other's communication styles, not Mm -hmm. understanding how each other processes emotion how they express them or how they react to them. Um, Also, how each other handles constructive feedback. Yeah. Not criticism, constructive feedback. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people get uh, constructive feedback and criticism, um, you know, 
mixed up. And that results in a lot of defensive um, and reactionary, uh, negative reactionary uh, behavior. So, you know, truly understanding how each other processes emotions, um, understanding your communication styles, understanding attachment styles, because attachment styles, um, they don't get talked about often, but they should be talked about so that you understand, you know, where your partner is and, and how they connect with the world and others around them, especially how they connect with you in the relationship and understanding their attachment styles along with their love languages, things like that help inform you of where your partner is and where you are so that if we're making the conscious, the conscious choice to move forward together, we already know where we need to start modifying and working on and paying close attention to even before we lead up to a conflict that needs um, resolving. Um, Another obstacle that I think people could experience is because of the lack of of understanding that I just mentioned that the entire conversation becomes a war or a battle, meaning that I'm defending myself, you're defending yourself, I feel attacked, you feel attacked, I feel offended, you feel offended, when the whole point of the conversation is to understand each other so that we can make it through these inevitable storms that are going to enter our relationship over time. What's your take on it, friend? I definitely agree with everything that you're saying. I I feel like the the attachment situation here is this can really come up when people start to focus on love languages a little bit too much um, mm-hmm. before you can even get to why the love language exists for you, Amen. right? Which is the attachment piece, right? Doing that deeper work. And also, you know, simply becoming defensive because when you're looking at it from that when you're looking at it from that point of view or from that perspective, um, it gets a bit convoluted with my approach to conflict is more appropriate than yours, right? Or that it's right versus wrong ver- and, and not looking at Preach this person that. is possibly responding in this way based off of history, based off of experiences, based off of what they were taught or what they learned and what was modeled. Basically, um, don't try to be the, be your partner therapist. That's not your job. Yeah, no. Um, definitely don't do that. They need to know where that comes from. Like, that needs to be a part of the conversation is what I'm getting at. On their end, they they have to be able to share with you. And if that is where I think the obstacle comes in, is that if you have, lack that awareness, then you're not ready for this conversation, like Demetrius was saying. Um, and then... I think that this can put you in a position. I think another obstacle is that sometimes it can be way too soon. I think you, this is a conversation that you have to kind of find a sweet spot for um, without it being um, forced upon anyone. But the, at the same time, um, I think just to go off of the last episode that we had, this is, this is a conversation that would require reciprocation, right? It would require someone um, you having some kind of trust. And I think an obstacle that can happen is, is that sometimes just based on people's history and attachment styles, you may not trust the person you've already started to date. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with them. Right? right. But if you don't trust them, then, you know, it's too soon for the conversation. But you're all, and then you also run the risk of ultimately projecting and punishing the person in front of you for something that somebody did to you years ago. And that's not fair to that person in front of you, right. whether they know how to effectively communicate or not. Right. 
I think for the most part, when if you don't trust that person to have that kind of conversation, or I think this is more so if you don't trust yourself to have that kind of conversation, um, take a minute to not. I think trust can be built from conversations like this, though. So, but if if you need more time, I think give yourself more time. So biggest obstacle, I guess, if I put this in a nutshell is, is that if the relationship feels a bit too new for you and you recognize and you know that you need more time just by knowing yourself and you need more time to gain trust for them before you have that kind of conversation, do that. But also recognize, you know, that it does put up some additional barriers for the progression of the relationship. Yeah. Good stuff, friend. Okay. So, listen, you know we love role playing, but this is not <laughs> this is not a role play, but tech, but this is, you know, technically uh, you know, hypothetical. Um, so let's say you're in a relationship and not and just not up for discussing conflict at the beginning of dating. What do you think is the best way to address conflict approaches that do not appear to be compatible? Um, I think there just needs to be an openness. I think if if you if you and your partner's um you know conflict approach styles are not compatible with each other, right? I think that first there needs to be an open conversation of if you want to even be there to deal with that because ultimately this is going to require you to um teach, learn and unlearn. <laughs> Um, certain behavioral or conflictual patterns, and so will your partner, um, in order to ultimately make them compatible and to have a better understanding. Because when I say compatibility, you know, or to be compatible in a conflict approach, it's really having an understanding of how that person tends to respond to conflict and how you're able to support them even while dealing with the conflict. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, really can't do that right if if we're both upset sometimes we we can't even have have any kind of peace or any kind of uh, room to make compromise and so i think if that is the case i think first determining do you even want to work through this to develop more compatibility over some time or then the answer to that is yes i think um first of all go see a therapist maybe they can help y'all so that you're not doing it all you all on your own and having to come up with all these ideas. And then secondly, maintain some openness like I started off with. There has to be some openness to um, your own growth and recognizing that there are going to be some things in your uh, conflict approach that is ineffective um, as it pertains to your partner. And there are going to be some things that your partner will have to drop as well. And you have to be prepared for that. Um, you also have to be prepared to recognize that there are going to be some things that you are not going to want to budge on just based off of who you are and what you've experienced. And you will need to be prepared to know what those are. There are some things that you will simply have to make compromise with that around conflict um, with your partner as well. So I think that's really it. What about you? What do you think? Well, first of all, I don't need to add a thing. To what you just said, honestly, I feel like you hit on everything and you made some very excellent points and, and gave some very good tools and techniques. Um, so the only thing that um, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to talk about a particular technique that I use with my clients. So 
In addition to all of those things that Rade said, you know, I would, um, another um, intervention that I use with my clients, I call it the hot topic journal. So basically it's a note, it's a notebook um, of your choosing, but either way. So when we start to, now before utilizing this hot topic journal, we want to identify what our hot topics are. Like talking about, let's say, you know, you get into arguments about how to raise your kids or you're getting arguments about finances or um, about, you know, something that happened in the past um, that almost damaged your relationship, but you guys made it through. Just anything that typically results in a very heated um, or hot um, argument or conflict, you take it to the journal. So instead of speaking it, because it could be triggering to either party, you go ahead and you write it out in the journal and then you pass it on to your partner and then your partner responds and then you have that conversation that way so that we're taking the emotion out of the situation, especially when you're unable to um, find uh, get to a grounded space or a level-headed space to actually have that conversation verbally with each other, utilizing this hot topic journal to start to help yourself regulate so that you can then move away from the hot topic journal to having those conversations verbally. Um, and then it's something about writing. That resource. Yeah. It's something about writing that um, puts you in a different state of mind because, you know, you can't get angry at this paper and this pen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're going to really think about what it is that you're feeling and you're going to put it down. Now, what I am going to say This hot topic journal is of therapeutic nature. And what I mean by that is do not come in here in this journal cursing your partner out, writing in Mm. all caps, unless that's how you write. Because some people do actually write in all capital letters. And I think, you know, that's it's cute. But be (laughs) mindful of how you're writing, because, you know, although we know that you can't capture tone from text messages or emails or things like that, but they still rub us the wrong way based on our own experiences and perceptions. So, you know, don't it takes a lot of the assumption out of it and it's hard to fight with someone. And when I say fight, meaning argue with someone who's not even in front of you. Yep. You know, and it also gives you time to think about what's being communicated in that so that you can approach and react to that situation or that uh, conflict in a better way. And then once you guys get to a place to where now we've gotten out that first layer or two, maybe three, depending on the couple, now we can actually do that last phase, which is the that verbal follow-up to understand and take accountability and, you know, verbal accountability. Cause you could take a, you could take accountability and apologize in that journal, but when it comes to accountability and apologizing for missteps and all of that, that needs to be done verbally every time, face to face. You know, I started this off, I had started it off by saying like go to therapy. I love this approach. I think this is an awesome resource. I also, I want to know just your thoughts about, do you have any hesitance about anyone trying this that is not currently in therapy and and doesn't have that necessarily like um continuous safe space mm-hmm. to then go and in, 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 uh, talk about what's in the hot journal, the hot topic okay. journal? Yeah. So, so do you mean like, um, that final phase I was talking about, about coming back and having that final 
you know, clothes. Yeah, of I that. feel like just okay. moving through this in general because I feel like some people can just kind of get stuck in like this is the only way we talk about finances. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yes, yes, yes. So the whole thing, the whole point of the matter is, is first, I, you know, when you approach using this intervention, a hot topic journal, is to know that this is not an end all be all. This is a temporary solution for you guys to learn how to regulate and communicate and actually express what it is that you're truly feeling and not, you know, that emotion that's presenting, which is typically a result of what you're actually feeling. And then most times it's anger or feeling attacked or offended. So going into that situation, knowing that this is temporary, but ultimately the whole point of it is to be able to get to a place to where you can talk about it. Like even if you're having a conflict and we're talking about finances again, now that I'm in the hot topic journal, now of course, when I first start, I'm feeling some type of way because one, I'm probably sick or tired of having this art, this conversation. I might feel like you're blaming me, but as it progresses, that should subside and you should be able to then read that and say, okay, that's my piece right here. That's my accountability. And then react from there. And once you get to a place to where a hot topic that's in a journal, and as soon as you read it, you're not upset or feel defensive or that you are being attacked then that's key that after you wrap this one up, that you guys can then proceed to do it verbally now, because now you're able to have a conversation about a topic that always resulted in an argument. And now those um, negative emotions or those intense emotions are not coming up for you as you're using the hot topic journal. That's how you know when you can take a conversation or a topic from the hot topic journal to a verbal face-to-face. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. Did, that. did that make sense? Yeah. Okay. 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 Do you feel like you have anything else to say to this? Um, no, but, oh, but yes. So I do have something. I'm glad you asked. So if you're not going to go to therapy for whatever reason that may be, we're not going to get into that because that could be a whole different episode. Um, Mm -hmm. you you, do what you do for everything else that you don't know. www.google.com. Look up, (laughs) look up. Helpful tips for conflict resolution, how to understand your communication style. What are your love languages? Like go through all like research and understand what are some helpful tips if you're not going to go to a profession. Because you just because if you you have to still have a a good understanding or a baseline of what healthy communication and healthy conflict resolution looks like before using the journal, because all because if you don't, all you're doing is basically arguing um, on paper. Yeah. And that's not the point. We're trying to eliminate the arguing and go right. straight to the conflict resolution. Retweet. Okay, mm-hmm. that's my last piece. <laughs> All right, fam. And now it's time for our Earth lesson. Be open to different perspectives and possibilities with yourself and others. Fighting can be exhausting, especially if it's recurring. If you preserve your energy with openness, you'll have more energy to be present for yourself and your partner. Respectfully, a melanated therapist. All right, fam. Remember to follow us on Instagram at respectfullyempty and send your questions and topic requests to respectfullyempty at gmail.com. Until next time, fam. Peace. Respectfully. 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 A melanated therapist.